Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. The past is in the past, and it's time to look forward to 2017 for Syracuse basketball. You're listening to the SU Basketball Preview Podcast here on the FizzCast. Tyler Aki alongside Tim Leonard. We're going to break down this entire 2017-2018 SU season. Everything you need to know about the Orange for the upcoming year and Tim, there's so many things, so many questions going in. We're going to hear from players later on in this podcast. But overall, obviously last year, we'll hit on it real quick. The NIT tournament lost to Ole Miss. This is a Syracuse team. They come into the NIT as the number one overall seed. Ultimately, you fall short. And the overall impression around Syracuse basketball right now is probably pretty low. You look at a lot of these national rankings, they, they're not – thinking too highly of Syracuse at the moment and really it's starting to get to a disappointing level for this SU program yeah you know three straight years now they've been kind of hovering on that tournament bubble so this year you come in and you've got lower expectations compared to last year you know last year Jim Beheim said this might be one of the best teams he's had in a while and they kind of fell really short put a jinx on that. yeah yeah he's definitely regretting. I don't think he'll be saying that again for no. as long as he coaches granted that probably won't be too much longer I would not push it past what five you'd or seven years you yeah. think he'd just coach until buddy's gone maybe is is maybe the rough estimate right now but anyway it seems like with you know lower expectations there's a lot of newcomers on this team but maybe that's a blessing in disguise they don't have to live up to you know getting to the tournament or bust and maybe they progressively get better as time goes on well speaking of Bayheim, did you actually read that ringer article that was yeah that was him? great that was good stuff by mark titus uh but overall, I think it was spot on. I mean, you look at all the coaches in college basketball, Krzyzewski and, and Bobby Knight and John Wooden, all these guys have these ridiculous coaching trees that they came from. And Jim Beheim really came from nothing. I mean, this is a guy who he, he plays at SU, then he's an assistant coach for a little bit under some not-so-great coaches, and now he's created this 42-year coaching legacy and has there's been great coaches that have come off of him, great players that have come off of him, and maybe some people treat him unfairly. Again, just one championship in 42 years, but look where he came from. He's come a long way. Right, and he kind of embodies the Syracuse town, and that's what Mark Titus was referencing in that article, and I th I really agree with him. It's why people in Syracuse love him. You know, he's kind of a curmudgeon. He's kind of rough around the edges with the media especially, but he still has that feeling and in, in that loyalty to the area, and he could have taken off and used Syracuse as kind of a stepping stone to get a better Just job. Just like every other coach right. seemingly has. Yeah. It seems like most coaches would have done that, but he stuck around and here he is going into year 42, which is crazy. He, I mean, he built, he helped build that Big East. He was the main, one of the main pieces in creating one of the greatest basketball conferences of all time, and now he's in the other one, the ACC, that's right up there. So certainly a lot of interesting stuff with Jim Beheim. You're listening to the FizzCast here. We'll get into the SU basketball preview in just a sec, but first, Tim, I need you to pull out your phone real quick. Okay. And I would need you to go to Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, go follow us at Orange Fizz, <laughs> and then also be sure to subscribe to us 
on iTunes. Get all the latest podcasts like these and more by subscribing to Orange Fizz. And you, the listener, as well, we highly encourage you to do the same. And be sure to check us out on the web for all of our great articles and other content at orangefizz.net. All right. Let's get into it. First, we've hit on the the NIT last year, disappointment. Now, the whole recruiting phase. This is another place where some Syracuse fans may be a little disappointed in who the recruits that were brought in are, in terms of where they sit with stars, rankings, etc. But we've discussed this before, and we'll hit on all of these individual players in a little bit. But this is a different Syracuse class, maybe one that you're not accustomed to, and it may just be a result that a lot of these guys were underexposed in high school. You look at O'Shea Brissett, Marek Dolzai, Howard Washington. Those are three guys that all played in different countries for their senior seasons of basketball, at least that senior season. And then Barama Sidibe is just a great unknown. and He's certainly proven some great things, which we'll get to in just a little bit. But this recruiting, it's different and it feels weird, but it might be just right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all can agree that Brissett is definitely undervalued at this point. He got a vote for the ACC Rookie of the Year. Which so is that, crazy, yeah. because <laughs> you look at that Duke recruiting class, you've got Marvin Bagley, who was by far and away the 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 favorite in that category, but no one else from Duke getting a vote in that, which kind of surprised me, especially given that O'Shea gets one too. Yeah, and O'Shea is, in one thing to point out with this recruiting class is, yes, they're undervalued. I think we all can agree O'Shea's probably better. He's probably a top 100 ESPN recruit when you look at what he brings to the table. But another point is he might actually, it might be a benefit in the long haul because he's the type of player that could stay into his upperclassmen. You know, right, he could exactly. be here at Syracuse in year three and year four, and that's really good for your program. When you look at the recruiting class that's coming next year, National Signing Day on Wednesday, and Darius Baisley officially signed, which is great news mm-hmm. for SU. But Let's be honest, he's probably a one-and-done guy. So is Jalen right. Carey, maybe. He's so, said as much, too, yeah. in terms of Baisley, not Carey. Right, and it seems like, you know, it's a different type of recruiting class, as you mentioned. But, Th- there's your skill guys. Right, and and I think that's that's key to point out that Brissett is a really good player, and he's only going to get better as time goes on. He's still a little raw on the offensive side of the ball, and I think... You know, when you get a type of guy like Brissett that stays for three or four years, that can often maybe be even a little bit better than a big-time recruit like a Baisley. You know, I don't know if I've told you this story yet, so I want to get your reaction in case I haven't. I was talking to a Canadian basketball scout uh, about half a year ago, and I asked him, so who does does O'Shea Brissett really remind you of? And he's like, well, I'm very hesitant to throw this name out there because – if I do, it's going to create these unfair expectations for him. But he said Tracy McGrady. Wow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so uh, th- th- there's your ceiling for O'Shea yeah. Brissett. But, but seriously, I mean, this is a guy who we're not saying he's a, a T-Mac Hall of Fame level player, but he-, he could certainly be a guy who is one of the best players in the ACC by the end of his college career. Absolutely. I mean, his potential is through the roof right now, and I think even more than the – recruits that you know the the other three recruits that we haven't really mentioned yet and we'll get into them in more depth later but they also have big potential so this is a class that's going to get better as time progresses now the exhibition games we'll hit on them right now because we might as well before we get into all of our player previews these are these were probably some of the most frustrating games aside from maybe the Lemoyne loss a couple (laughs) years ago but 
these were super frustrating for Syracuse fans. You look at the first halves of both of these games, super slow starts, super frustrating. You look at those t- games and you think, wow, if Syracuse comes out like this, this flat in a first half against an actual team, not some D2 sleeper team, what what's going to happen? They're going to be blown out of the water. Right. It's very concerning, and specifically the half-court offense just never got going for SU. It, mm-hmm. it did get going, but not until the second half, and it seems like that's going to be really the Achilles heel for this team, especially in the non-conference play when they're you know getting their feet wet and getting more used to each other. There's so many newcomers, and Outside of Tyus Battle and, you know, you'll get some scoring from O'Shea Brissett, there's not a ton of playmakers on this team that can create your own shot. So that's really the the point of emphasis so far. In the first half of both of those games, they really struggled getting the offense going. And then they brought out that press and it seemed to kind of turn some defense into offense. And we got a chance to catch up with Matt Moyer after the game. He even alluded to that. He said that much that the defense is going to be key for this team to maybe, you know, create more shots in the offensive end. You know, the big thing about us is our defense has to create our offense, you know. We're not going to be as good as a shooting team as last year's team, but, um, you know, if we, we get out and run and, um, you know, be an up-and-down team, um, that's what that's what will make us really good this year. So, I mean, that, that's kind of always been the Syracuse MO. You need that defense. You need the, the steals at the top of the zone that will create those transition buckets. And really, uh, I mean, Matthew Moyer – I don't know how much we've seen out of him defensively, but, I mean, this entire unit, it's going to be different because the only guys who really return from that zone that know how to play this zone like the back of their hands are Tyus Battle and Frank Howard. And and that's your top of the zone right there, two pretty long athletic guys that can do that. And we've seen that in the past, very good, strong athletic guys at the top, uh, specifically on that, that Final Four team from a couple years ago with Michael Benege and Trevor Cooney. Last year, a little different. Right, when you, you got John it. Gillen in there, you don't have the size. But overall, these guys are... I mean, th- I think they can wreak some havoc at the top of the zone and really allow that to, to move, just kind of fuel that engine. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a good defensive team. I think we can all agree on that. Especially th- from what we've seen in the preseason. Right, and in the front court specifically with Sidibe and Chukwu because, you know, they bring that that rim protector to the t- the back half of the zone, which has been critical for the press. I think even Jim Beheim said this after the second exhibition game. He said that's why he's imploring the press a little bit more because they have more of a shot-blocking rim protector aspect to their defense in the back half of the zone. So, you know, Tyler Lydon's long. He was a good shot blocker. But with Sidibe and Chukwu, they're a little bit better and a little bit taller. So that brings a whole other animal to the defense. So it's going to be a good defensive team. I think Syracuse is probably going to have to win a lot of games this year 63 to 60 or 65 to 60 just because the offense doesn't have much scoring outside of battle last thing I want to really hammer home before we get into players these slow starts how worried like uh, not worried but like how concerning is this that this is what you get against teams like central or sorry southern connecticut state (laughs) and uh, what is it southern new hampshire (laughs) Roast beef tech? Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's concerning, but maybe you could spin it that it's just tough to get up for those games, you know, and it is concerning because even Jim Beheim said after the game, you know, these freshmen just have to learn that they need to play with more intensity. The speed of the game is going to be faster in the college game. So, you know, going into the non-conference slate, we don't want a repeat of what happened last year. I mean, last year in the non-conference specifically, Syracuse really shot themselves out of tournament contention, and they had a huge hole to climb out of come ACC play. So specifically in these non-conference games, you got to get off to a faster start. And 
against these lesser opponents, you can't play down to their skill level. You got to prove that you're the better team right from the opening whistle. I mean, I get that it's nerves, and and for a lot of these guys, it's their first time playing in front of a super large crowd. Even though, I mean, the dome was far from full, but right. uh, you can only imagine when there's thirty thousand people in there and Duke's on the floor or UNC's on the floor, but. At the same time, you look at these opponents that they have. Yes, they've got absolutely zero to lose, but you got to think they're pretty nervous too. Yeah, I mean, you're telling me a, a Southern Connecticut State kid playing on, on the Carrier Dome floor, Jim Bayheim's on that other bench um, for a guy like I, I believe it's Joey Wallace, which is John Wallace's son, the Syracuse legend. You think he's not getting a little bit of nerves playing on the same floor that his dad did back in the day? I mean, he should be. He should be getting more nerves than the Syracuse that, guys, for that's, sure. That is the thing that really concerns me a little bit, is that these opposing teams are just as, if not more, nervous or or, or playing tense, or should be playing tense, than the, than the Syracuse team. That's the one thing that really concerns me. Yeah, and, and I think one thing to touch on with this offense is we mentioned they're struggling in the half court, but once they incorporated the press, it speeded up the offense, or it got them going faster, and I think that's the key right now, is in these opening games and non-conference play against these lesser opponents that you should be beating, you know, come out with some tempo on offense. Prove that you get down the floor and, and create some shots and don't get stagnant, get some good ball movement, and, and make things a little more crisper is what I'd like to see. And those tempo, I mean, we, we heard it from Moyer, the defense to create the offense, and these slow starts, they really can't be a thing when you move, especially into conference play. And I think things will be shored up by then, but Frank Howard knows, uh, in talking with him a little bit, that I mean, this team cannot afford to have these slow starts come Friday and certainly moving forward. We've been great in terms of uh, making adjustments, you know, uh, making in-game adjustments. So I think... Uh, just coming out with those slow starts is going to change, and we understand that if we do this Friday, it's going to be a loss, you know what I mean? So we, we understand that, and we're going to make him work to change that. And the Friday game he mentioned, Cornell, that's coming up in the Dome. Should be fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you get a little Jimmy Bayheim action in there as well, so that's certainly going to be interesting. None of the players really seemed like they want to talk about it. I know that put a smile on Jim's face. We're actually going to talk to Buddy Bayheim sometime later this week, so We'll have to get his thoughts on the whole family dynamic because I'm sure Syracuse will play Cornell at some point while Buddy yeah, and Jimmy are both on the same team, so or both in college, rather, uh, facing off against each other. So that'll be uh, – can you – I'm trying to think of if there's, like, the Elias equivalent for a um, – for college basketball or, like, the baseball reference equivalent to college basketball. But <laughs> have two sons and a father ever been – a part of a, a game together in terms of coaching and playing? I can't imagine. I haven't even thought of that, but that's a whole not, you know, talking about Jimmy and playing his son now, it seems like that's not even being brought up that much. But, yeah, yeah that'll be definitely a crazy family dynamic. I don't know who Julie's going to be rooting for. In the, in the, in the, <laughs> you know she'll be there, and she'll be on pins and needles the yeah. entire time. All right, let's get to some player previews right now. It starts at the top. Mr. Everything for this SU basketball team, Tyus Battle. The returning leading scorer from last year battle was certainly fantastic when he was healthy last year. Again, that's the big if. Is he go- Was he healthy last year? He was dealing with some illnesses, which really set him back a little bit. But when he came back and when he was at his best, he certainly looked like one of, if not the most skilled player out there on the floor. 
11.3 points per game. He really showed that that three-point stroke to be effective. He came in as a driver, but he he let that shot develop a lot, and his game went from 0 to 100 over the course of the season. Yeah, he had a little bit of everything in his freshman year. He had that buzzer beater against Clemson. He looked poised for the 2-3 zone and playing in that for your first year. He was really impressive and really as advertised, but now... You go into his sophomore year, and he's going to have to carry a lot of the burden for this team and, and really be a leader, and that's tough because he's only a sophomore. But we caught up with him. He said you know, he's relishing that role, and he's ready to become the focal point of this offense. I mean, it's, you're, you have to lead sometime in life, so um, I've accepted it. You know, um, I know I have to do better with it, uh, but that's just the learning, learning experiences that I'm taking along the way. And um, I'm happy to lead this team. Let's go. And he's got a lot to shoulder. As a sophomore, you don't see a lot of sophomore leader types, um, especially on the Syracuse team. They're going to need a lot out of him. There's usually some type of upperclassman dynamic, but this year you just don't have that. Your only real senior type is Pascal Chuku, and he's a transfer from Providence. Um Frank Howard is a junior as well. And then Thorpe is And then Gino Thorpe is, is a first year. So you don't have that veteran leadership that we're used to in the past. And last year you certainly had it. You had Roberson, Daywan Coleman, um, and, and you even had Andrew White and John Gillen to kind of show you a little bit of what it's like to have experience in college basketball. But now you got Tyus Battle, the guy leading the crew, and he certainly seems built for it in terms of what we've seen in his maturity over his time, I mean, this is a guy, He's he was one of Syracuse's most highly touted recruited, recruits in recent memory, and he, he's looked like it on the floor, and I think year two could be a huge stepping stone. Yeah, I think the big thing for him is he's going to have to change his game a little bit and be, be more of an aggressive offensive player, because last year he was almost that third or fourth scoring piece. Right, exactly. And, and he got into a groove at the end of the year and started scoring 20 points a game or so, but it seemed like he was doing a lot of – he touched on his three-point shooting. I thought that was pretty impressive, but he was getting a lot of that in, in the spot-up manner and coming off of you know drives and kicks outside to him this year as he's going to have to create his own shot and be a better three-point shooter off the dribble. And I've noticed he's been doing a little more of that in these exhibition games, but he hasn't quite translated the efficiency numbers, and that's to be expected. I mean, he's carrying this team now – He's going to be facing, you know, the focal point of the defense, a lot more double teams. So he's just got to prove that he can still be relatively efficient and and still be that number one option for Syracuse because that's really all they've got right now. I think one important thing to realize this, and for any young kids out there listening that wants to learn how to shoot off the dribble, I think Tyus Battle does it as well in terms of form as anyone. Watch how Tyus Battle squares up his feet on a, a shot off a dribble. It's phenomenal. He turns that body and he puts his feet down like no one else that I've seen. And that's why I think we'll be all, or Syracuse will be all right and, and he'll be all right with all of that. So I'm not too worried about how Tyus Battle kind of transitions into this role because, I mean, he's got the tools, he's got the physique, and really the whole package is there. Now it's just a matter of can that translate to game action. It did in game one, game two a little bit of a struggle. 
in terms of the preseason, but it all changes when we move into actual game play. So that's coming up on Friday against Cornell. All right, another returning guy that saw decent to significant playing time last year. He was actually a starter at one point. Yep. Frank Howard, he hits the doghouse, <laughs> and he even gets a, a DNPCD last year. That's a did-not-play coach's decision, for those who don't know. And... I mean, last year people were saying, is this his Michael Carter-Williams type step where he makes that transition to the next level? I think it is. I'm 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 all in on Frank Howard's comeback season. I think Bayheim... Hashtag best passer in the ACC. Yeah. <laughs> Buy stock now. I wouldn't go that far, but I do think he's going to be much improved this year. And here's why. I think last year he was playing with so much pressure, you know, you mentioned he started out at the, at the beginning of the season, but he was kind of always jostling with John Gillen for that starting role, and you know, playing with Jim Beheim, when you make one mistake on the court, you're immediately yanked. You're, and he was used to that his freshman year, right. too. You, you just It's tough to play carefree and, you know, get into an offensive rhythm the way that operates and also fighting for your starting role. So there was more pressure on him last year. But I think this year, he's got another year under his belt. You can't underestimate how much college athletes grow in an offseason. I mean, that right. it seems like sometimes we put these athletes on a pedestal and don't realize, you know, just how young they are and how much time they have to grow. So I think he's gotten better. I think he's improved his jump shot. Will he be, you know, the best point guard in the ACC? No, there's no way. Will he be a, a mediocre point guard? I think so. I think he's going to improve and he's going to limit the turnovers that's the key for him you know in that first game he had six turnovers he's just got to watch that going forward and and he looks like he's got a little more confidence in that shot as well every year we've heard Jim Beheim say oh his shot's getting a little better his shot's getting a little bit better and is this where he really turns the corner that last preseason game he goes two for two from deep six of eight from the field that all equates to 19 points that's not the Frank Howard score we've seen before yes it's against a team like Southern Connecticut State but Still, I think that's promising from a guy who has really struggled to be an offensive threat. We saw him, especially late in games when things were out of hand last year, it seemed like he was a little more free with his shooting when yeah. he knew that, okay, there's pr- pretty much nothing that can get me yanked at this point. Why not chuck up a shot, see how it is? And, and to be honest, a fair amount of them went in. Right, and I, I think that's important to hit on because, you know, Jim Beheim made that joke last year. I think one game in the middle of the season he was like, well, I think Frank wanted to prove to everyone that he can't hit jump shots after the game, which <laughs> right, was yeah. pretty funny. But Jim's just going to be hard on him no matter what. But I, I agree. I think his shot's getting better. The offseason was good for him. And now that he's more clearly the starting point guard, you know, you've got Howard Washington, a freshman, who could maybe take over if he has a similar season. Frank has a similar season to last year. But it seems like it's more clearly his job to lose, and I think that will benefit him. Yes, I completely agree. The confidence is there because I don't see Howard Washington stepping in and taking that role. Last year, Jim Beheim basically said Tyus Battle will never play the point guard position for our team. Frank Howard's the guy this year. And next year he's going to be a senior, even though Jalen Carey's coming in, he'll still probably have that upper hand. I think he kind of sees job security right now. Yeah. Can he strangle that thing, though? Yeah, because that's a big thing. Because if Howard Washington can somehow impress early on in limited minutes, things can change. Because we saw it last year with John Gillen, and I think it's got to be lurking in the back of Frank's head. But right now, he's the starting point guard. Do you think he's the starting point guard by ACC play and the end of the season? Yeah, I think so. And and I think that just 
just because we keep touching on his offseason improvement, and it goes going back to last year, you talk about when Syracuse finally started getting going. I think it was when they transitioned to John Gillen, and it was more clearly, you know, one point guard was starting. There wasn't that back and forth, and they finally got consistent point guard play from Gillen in the ACC play. So I think that's huge for Syracuse because they've had a lot of good point guards through the years. You know, Tyler Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams, Frank Howard maybe won't get to that level, but... He's kind of the X factor this season. He will determine this team's ceiling. And in order for Syracuse to overachieve or be better than advertised and maybe make the tournament, I think he has to be that guy at the point guard position. He has to be a leader and and really step up in a veteran role. All right, let's round out the last guy who was actually on this team last year. That's Pascal Chuku. Now, he has the eye injury last year that kind of derails his season, only appears in seven games. And in those seven games, really, it wasn't that great. He has more fouls than points. He actually, he's averaging a, about a foul a minute, 15 foul, total fouls in 15.4 minutes per game. So, Not great. Not, not <laughs> ideal. Um, but, no, seriously, uh, this is a guy, though, in the early going, his shot, it, it's still got a ways to go right. in terms of what he's going to do. But when you're over seven feet tall, You've got that shot-blocking ability. Yes, you're going to foul some, but you're also going to alter a lot of shots. I think that he just needs to learn, just go straight up. You don't need to block every shot. You can alter them, too. Right. No, I think he's got the, he's got so much potential with his height to be a really outstanding defensive player, and I think he's going to mature as the year progresses. But the big thing, as you mentioned, for him is just staying healthy. He's got to... You know, be unless you're kind of a freak injury, type right? Deal. That that's true. The eye injury was very unexpected, but you know he was very raw last year. It looks like he's still you know working out some kinks on the offensive end, but he doesn't have to be a a great offensive scorer. The big thing for him is if he can bring some defensive impact and be that front court presence that, with his height, he really has the potential to be. And he's locked in one of the big positional battles, I think, especially with the emergence of Barama Sidibe over these past couple of preseason games. I I don't think it's safe to say Pascal will be the starter come ACC player, maybe even sooner. Yeah, and and one thing I think they might end up doing is play Sidibe more minutes but start Chukwu throughout the season. Just kind of Jim Beheim showed Kind of like the Daywon Coleman from a couple years ago. Yeah, he showed that he's had a tendency to do that, so Chukwu might be always doing the jump ball. But I agree, Sidibe's really shined so far, and he's been a a focal point of this, you know, the, the freshman class, so... It's something that he is locked in that battle, and he's going to have to step up or prove that he's a pretty good offensive threat with his size to be able to maintain that starting role. I think that's interesting. You mentioned he comes out and does the jump ball. You're pretty much guaranteeing yourself you the first think. possession of the game. <laughs> yeah, and, and that maybe sets the tone for how you move going forward because you, you get the crowd into it, especially at home in big games. If you can get out and get that advantage right out of the gate, yes, you have to execute offensively, which – has seemingly been a problem in the early yeah. going. But, I mean, that those can turn tables. Yes, it's a long game, and if you have the advantage in the first 30 seconds, so what? But maybe you set the table that way. So Chuku definitely has the ability to do that. Well, now that we look at the rest of the roster, everyone from here on out is a new face, which is very strange to yep. see only three returning guys. But let's just dive right into them. And the first one, maybe a lesser degree of a returning guy, Matthew Moyer. Red shirts last year, um, so he kind of gets his feet wet with the zone in practice and, and that stuff right there. But Matthew Moyer, a guy who we're not really sure what to expect out of him. He's shown that he's a starter in the early going, and 
He, he's kind of a question mark coming into this year in terms of what is he going to bring to you on the basketball court. Yeah, he's his offense hasn't been great so far in the two exhibition games, but he's hustling out there, and he's really scrapping for loose balls, and Syracuse needs that. You know, he doesn't have a ton of size at the forward position, but I think he might lead this team in rebounds, you know, mainly because he probably will play more minutes than Sadibe and Chukwu just because he has a little more of an offensive skill set, but... He's going to be scrapping. He's going to be, you know, working hard on the glass, offensive and defensive class throughout glass throughout the year. And I think that's something he really keyed in on the offseason. He knows, you know, they need defensive rebound, especially when they go up against teams like the UNC and the Dukes of the world and the ACC. So that's really where he can make a big contribution is in the rebounding category and, and you know, out-rebound for his size. He, he just seems like a high IQ type of guy. Maybe yeah. not the most skilled guy on the floor, but he definitely seems like a high IQ one of those guys who can he'll catch a couple lobs too I would guess throughout the season because he he can go up he can throw it down we've seen as much so far in the early going but it's just will he have that opportunity offensively because when you look at the offense he's probably what when you have your ideal lineup in maybe the third fourth option yeah. on the floor offensively Tyus is going to get his Brissett's probably going to get his as well and if Frank Howard establishes himself as a scorer. Right, and then Where does that Right, exactly, off the bench. And, and who knows, maybe Geno slots in and they go with a three-guard lineup, which could bump someone out. But, I mean, it's, it's intriguing to see where exactly he'll fit in and what he is by the time we get to ACC play. Yeah, he just needs to get more confident on the offensive side of the ball. You know, right now it seems like he's a little hesitant because he is basically playing his freshman season. I mean, your red shirt, that helps you a lot, but getting his first real taste of a game action in the carry dome. He just needs to, you know, get some more games under his belt, get some big non-conference games under his belt, and then hopefully that carries over and builds up some confidence for ACC play. All right, time to get to the guys who were not on this roster last year. It starts now with O'Shea Brissett. He's the guy from, we've already hit on him a little bit. He got the ACC preseason rookie of the year vote, the one, and... Brissett's a guy. He plays last year, his last year of college, or rather high school, uh, a prep year in in Canada. So maybe a little under recruited, but he was the top player out of Canada last year, and that's a country that has produced some really good basketball players lately. You look at some of these NBA drafts. Andrew Wiggins, the the big name that really mm-hmm. sticks out. Now we're not saying Brissett no. is is an Andrew Wiggins type. We've already called him Tracy McGrady today. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> But with Brissett, he brings a lot of intrigue. He's played American-style basketball. He was at Finley Prep, which is one of the big basketball powerhouses in the country out in Nevada. And I think with Brissett, he's going to really find who he is because I I mentioned I've been talking with some Canadian basketball scouts, and they say he thrives when he's at the three, and that's kind of where he's going to be with this Syracuse team. He, he can put the ball on the floor, and that's what makes him an NBA-type prospect. And that and that's what he's going to be with the Syracuse team. Yeah, I feel like if you were to ask Jim Beheim, like, what's your prototypical wing you want in the 2-3 zone? Like, oh, size, yes. height, yep. like, he really fits that bill. I mm-hmm. mean, he's got the length to really, you know, disrupt at the top of the zone, but also, you know, he can guard multiple positions on the defensive side of the ball. He's really a threat because because he's so versatile so I think he's a guy that might explode for Syracuse this year come ACC play he's really got a high ceiling and what I've seen from his offensive game so far has really been impressive I think you bring up a great point there because okay Brissett he's ranked outside that top 100 and 
If you ask Jim Beheim, would you rather have a guy like O'Shea Brissett, who's on the cusp of that top 100 ranking and, and has the the stature that he has, or a player who's ranked maybe 70th and is six foot seven with a, a six seven wingspan? Yeah, where you're not as long, maybe you're a little more skilled. I think Jim Beheim's taking the O'Shea Brissett 10 times out of 10. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? I I agree completely. I think Beheim really likes what he's seen, and and he's bringing you know, a lot of double-doubles already. So he's a guy that's going to get a lot of rebounds. Athleticism is off the charts. Yeah, he's very athletic. So a lot to like in his game. Here's what he says about his game, actually. On the defensive end, I feel like I'm a good defender. You know, I feel like I have good instincts of uh, getting ready to, you know, block shots on the help side and, you know, help my my teammates whenever they need it. I feel like I can stay in front of a lot of uh, positions. You know, obviously, I'm working on getting stronger, but, you know, that's going to come with time. And offensively, I've definitely developed a better jump shot, you know, working all summer and uh, the preseason. Um, I feel like I attack the basket really well. So just just an all-around game for me is what I really try to focus on. And, and that all-around game, I think, is really going to benefit Syracuse. And I almost kind of view him as this year's Tyus battle. He's not going to be your go-to guy out of the gate. You're not going to lean on him for for all this, all these high-pressure situations, even though Battle did find himself in some last year. But he's going to be a guy. He's going to go out there. He's going to give you everything he's got, and he's going to be a really good supplemental player. The athleticism's there. He's just going to give you a he's, – he's a good basketball player. Yeah, and he mentioned he's working on his three-point shot and that sound there, and, and you got to say, like, his stroke looks really good. I mean, so far from what we've seen, I know it's not his strength, but it's developing, and he seems to And it was to the have... same thing with Tyus coming yeah, in, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, I, I agree. I like the Tyus comparison because he's not going to be tasked with being the focal point of the offense, but he's going to need to bring some scoring punch, especially when Syracuse is in some lulls, and I think he's a guy that can offer that. So O'Shea Brissett, the top freshman. Now this is the newcomer who might actually lead the Orange in scoring. He's got a chance, and mm-hmm. maybe not. it won't look like this out of the gate because we're assuming he's coming off the bench to start the season. But Geno Thorpe, it's so, so easy to draw comparisons <laughs> yep. of Thorpe to Andrew White, scoring guy, and the grad transfer label. And not just that, but a two-time grad transfer, just like White. He starts at Penn State. He goes to South Florida. Now he's in Syracuse for this fifth year, trying to get a shot to play some pro basketball after college. And so I think he kind of acknowledges that there's going to be this label around him. He's going to have to live up to this Andrew White thing. And maybe that's not fair to him just because the comparison's so easy, but he he knows what he brings to the table. And he I think that he's going to be a really good piece, and he says as much right here. You know, I'm just a guard who makes plays, uh, knocks down open shots, likes getting other people involved and plays defense. Really, I, I wouldn't even want people to try to compare me to either of the last fifth-year guys who were here. I'm just going to go out there and be myself. Geno Thorpe, I think, is going to be the one that really sets the tone for this season because he's a guy who could come out there and give you that scoring punch you need, I think he ends up starting by the end of the season. Yeah, I think, you know, Bayheim has often adjusted the lineups throughout the season, so I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get a chance at some point throughout the season to prove he is a starter and, and really show off his offensive skills because you look at him and, and we, we keep saying Tyus Battles, your your first score, and then you've got guys like O'Shea Brissett, but I agree, he could average 13 or 14 points a game this season just because he's, 
he's kind of that ball first and and point guard dom or ball first type of point guard that gets to the rim and he can also shoot from the outside. So a really a lot to like in his offensive game. You know he's not too used to the two three zone, so that's something to monitor. He's actually going to be probably the smallest guy on this SU roster in terms of people that are seeing significant minutes, but. So much to like in his game, and specifically on the offensive end, he's going to bring some scoring punch that Syracuse desperately needs. And he might even fill in with that point guard position, too. Yeah, I think that's something to really monitor moving forward because this is a guy who, if you can, he's probably going to give you a little bit better offensive scoring punch than Frank Howard. Now, you would it, think. It could just become come down to a thing. Can he handle the ball to the same ability? Can he play defense as well? And... What is he going to bring with you uh, in terms of at the top of the zone? Does he know it as well as Frank Howard? And talking with Thorpe, he's never played in a 2-3 in a zone before. So these concepts are going to be a little bit foreign to him. Yeah, there's going to be Howard a has the curve. clearest step ahead. Yeah, there will definitely be a learning curve. And also, he's not doesn't quite have the court vision of a Frank Howard, but... You know, on the flip side, he also probably won't turn the ball over as much as a Frank Howard. So you're kind of just, they're, they're two different styles of point guard. And it'll be interesting because maybe they do go with that three-guard lineup. You know, there was one point in last year's team where they kind of went with the small ball lineup and had a little more three-point shooting out there. And I kind of liked what I saw from that lineup. So it's something to explore, something that Jim Beheim's probably contemplating right now is trying to find a way to put him in the starting lineup because he brings so much scoring and so, so much of that ability to this roster. And Thorpe actually played a little bit of point guard with USF. He, he was put in that role a little bit, so certainly it could be the same here at Syracuse because who knows what Frank Howard's season is going to bring. There's a lot of unknowns, yeah. not just with Frank Howard, but with this entire team. And why don't we just get to another one right now, Mark Dolajai. <laughs> you got an explanation? He's he's quite quite the character. I I'm all in on his personality and everything. We'll just have to see how how his basketball game translates. You know, he's got he's got to get used to the American style of play, but he did say that, you know, he's already kind of growing and getting better as time goes on with adapting to that style of play. In Europe is more about your brain uh little slowly and the offense is like 24 seconds and everybody play like 44 seconds. But here if you're going to transition to your shot freeze and it's different. I don't, I don't know it's difficult, but I need time to improve. I mean, this kid is the most interesting one on this team. You don't <laughs> know what you're getting and I think everyone's really surprised right now with what he's brought to the table so far because you're thinking, okay, this guy's going to step in. He's going to be a shooter. That's what the scouting report says he's going to knock down. Well, guess what? He hasn't hit a single shot besides a layup and some free throws so far. And he's yeah. played phenomenal defense, to be, yeah. to be <laughs> yes. honest, which I think is the biggest, most surprising part. Yeah, he kind of jump-started uh, the offense in that first exhibition game with a couple steals right away. I mean, it was his first action in the that's carrier. that's defense dome. to offense. Yeah, exactly. He's... He's bringing some some athleticism to the defense, and you know he's a guy that he's listed at 180 pounds. I think let let's be honest, maybe that's with a 30 pound belt on. Yeah, or one of those soaking, heavy belts, soaking wet. Yeah, soaking wet. I think he's like 150. He's he's not really eating a lot of American junk food yet, but that's fine. I mean, he'll he'll get stronger, and and there's a lot to like. He's got a very modern style of game. He can spread the floor. He can you know, guard multiple positions. So he's another guy that will probably stay into his third or fourth year and only get better as time goes on. 
We detailed this in a piece earlier on orangefizz.net, but he's learning English from two and a half men. I love Are it. Are you concerned? No. Is this great. guy going to get in trouble off the floor? <laughs> the Charlie Sheen connection, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not too worried. You know, you hear a lot of athletes go to friends, but I like switch yeah. it up. Go switch with two it. and a half men. Yeah, that's, fr- cool. I, that's right. Friends is the easy way to learn English. It's the, the New York whole story right there. Mm-hmm. And No, but... <laughs> I don't think two and a half men was the first thing that would come to mind. I wonder who showed him that. Yeah, I, but it, it fits his character. You know, he's he's unique. He's not just going to go with the old classic friend. So yeah. good for him. All right. So Mark certainly interesting. Another interesting guy. I mean, this freshman class is just interesting guy after interesting yep. guy. And I think it's basically a product of how they recruited this year. But Barama Sadibe, he in the preseason was the most impressive guy. Yeah. I don't think there that's even a question. No, no doubt. I mean, he his block he's blocking shots left and right and he's not just blocking these shots. He's like sending some of them to the third or the fourth row. I mean, he's really imposing his will on the defensive side of the ball and also in that orange versus white game, I noticed he's got some pretty good offensive skills too. He's still a little raw. He'll He'll get better, as we keep mentioning with these freshmen, but it seems like he's already got three or four post moves in his arsenal that he can kind of go to, and he's the type of guy that you can feed it down to the low block, and he'll get you a bucket if you need one. And and that's only going to develop with time, too. And and the blocks, I think what he's shown defensively is enough that we'll say maybe he doesn't start like we mentioned, Mm -hmm. but he's going to play more minutes than Pascal Chuku. You would have to think so. I think he could be a guy that's playing maybe 25 minutes a game or something, of the you know, in that realm. And and I think his his defensive skills, you know, they speak for themselves with the numbers, but he just brings even more. It's just tough to drive on that guy and get a shot up over his long reach. So he's he's going to be huge for that Syracuse defense. That wingspan is something else, and that's something that Syracuse really has been missing. I think you're going to see, I mean, the block shots, but, I mean, historically Syracuse hasn't been great at rebounding the ball, especially last year and the year before that. They really struggled with defensive rebounding, but I don't think we'll ever see a Sidibe and Chuku lineup no. out there, but you got to think maybe against a team like UNC that has historically been dominant on the boards, you throw it out there for five minutes. See, sure. what, see what you get. Yeah, I, I love the by Musicata comparisons yep. too. I'm all in on those. It seems like it, it really fits the bill so far of his game, and if he can be by Musicata this season, that would go a long way for this team. Last guy, Howard Washington. He's been dubbed Tyler Ennis 2.0. Don't think he's going <laughs> one and done, but – He's he's a smart point guard, and who knows what his role exactly is going to be this year, especially if Geno Thorpe can somehow establish himself into that point guard mix at all. But Howard Washington, he's shown ups, he's shown downs early on. He's a freshman, he's still learning a little bit, but this is a guy, again, he played for Tony McIntyre, um, who is the, the big basketball guy up in Canada. He was teammates with O'Shea Brissett. This is an interesting case once again. How much playing time is Howard Washington going to see? I'm probably pinning it at no more than 10 minutes a game. Yeah, you would think. I mean, Frank Howard is going to start out as that point guard, as we mentioned. We'll see. But, you know, he will bring sort of a spark off the bench. And one thing I like about his game that is really key for the Syracuse team is he's going to bring some three-point shooting, I think. And he seems confident with that shot so far. Yeah, he's shot it a lot. And, you know, he hit three straight threes in the second half of that first exhibition game. And it seems like... 
that's something Syracuse is going to be lacking this year, three-point shooting-wise. you got Battle. You've got maybe Brissett will throw in a three every once in a while, but he's arguably one of the better shooters from deep on this entire roster. So he's not going to get a ton of minutes, but when he gets in there, he's a smart point guard, probably won't turn it over that much, and he'll probably you know, be a threat from the outside. It would not surprise me if we see Howard Washington have one crazy game this year. Yeah. It he, wouldn't. No, I, I don't think he, he'll it'll ever be enough or he'll be consistent enough this season to fully go over the hump and have some some string of games where he's unbelievable. But I think he has one game where he goes for like 19 to 22 points and people are like, wow, this kid might be legit. And then next year he'll step into a much bigger role. Yeah, because he's got that confidence on the offensive side. As you mentioned, he's shooting that three a lot. And you see a lot of these freshmen come in and, you know, the moment kind of outshines them a little bit. And you get kind of tentative on the offensive side of the ball. But so far from what we've seen from him, he's not going to, you know, show that at all. And he's going to be kind of a, you know, willing to go get it right right away when he gets in on the offensive side of the ball. And who knows? That can all change when you see uh, someone else on the other side, when you're facing Joel Berry as opposed yeah. to whoever is playing point guard for Southern New Hampshire or <laughs> Southern Connecticut State. But overall, this Syracuse team certainly going to be an interesting one. We just ran through every single player, talked some storylines. You heard from players as well. And if you like podcasts like this or want more Fizz content, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud at Orange Fizz. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes at Orange Fizz for more podcasts, interviews, and stuff like that. We'll have a football podcast coming out soon. Also going to recap all the great signing day content that we have that'll be coming to you in just a short while and then as always you can find us on our website orangefizz.net for tim leonard i'm tyler rocky signing off on those basketball preview fizzcast tim it's been fun looking forward to a great season yep and you know we'll see we'll see what syracuse has to offer but they've got a lot of newcomers and i think you know the, the potential in the ceiling is pretty high that's you cornell this friday it's a family reunion at the dome should be a fun one That's going to do it for us on the FizzCast. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of your day.